Welcome to the Massage Therapy Podcast. I'm Heather Rivers, RMT. And I'm Nicole Andrews, RMT and contemporary medical acupuncturist. We are registered massage therapists in Ontario, Canada. We are colleagues with almost 13 years of combined experience and female small business owners who have a passion for health and wellness. Please note, we're practicing COVID-19 physical distancing and we're actually recording remotely. We take the global concerns seriously and have suspended our hands-on practice, allowing us to pivot our focus on this dream project. Hopefully the MTP can offer a way of disconnect from the pandemic stress and connect as a community. So today we wanted to talk about pain, what it is, why we feel it, and how as manual therapists, we approach it. First, we wanted to start off uh, kind of giving a background on pain and the anatomy of pain, so to say. Um, so pain, um, also known as nociceptors, are nerve endings, I should say, in, um, in the peripheral nervous system. So they are actually what we call free ending nerves. Um, so they don't really have, they just kind of splay out like little fingers into the tissues. Um, and they can be found in skin, muscle, the periosteum. So that's the lining kind of around the bone, um, all organs and walls of blood vessels. Something to note though, is there are no pain receptors in the actual brain, which is pretty cool. Um, so these pain receptors, I'll give you like how the pathway to the brain works. Um, so the first order neuron is what they're called. When the nociceptor comes, let's say from your skin on the back of your hand, um, you heard it, you closed the door or something on it, <laughs> or whatever has happened. Um, it sends a signal up into the spine. And from there, uh, it goes into its second order neuron, which travels up the to the brain and in the brain it does go to the thalamus and the thalamus then kind of shoots it into this the cortex the outer part of the brain and that from the th thalamus to the third or sorry to the cortex is the um it's really cool to know this is something that i cool about nerve endings especially the nociceptors is that there's a few different kinds so you could have ones that react to only thermal so when you burn yourself um mechanical so again that's what i'm saying you close your hand in the door something like that drop something on your foot that could also include mechanical could also include like sports you know you're diving for the ball things like that those pains as well as chemical and that's typically the chemical is usually internal, either things you've consumed or hormonal levels, things like that. But then on really cool note, <laughs> so you have each of those, but you can also have a polymodal nerve, which feels all of those. It can do any of those sensations, which is really cool. And I have a kind of a cool story for that later on. Um, yeah, and so there are also three types of pain. Uh, nociceptive, which are those thermal, mechanical, chemical stimulations that cause them. Inflammatory, so again, you injure yourself and you have that inflammation process, and you probably have found in that inflammation process, um, the swelling that comes to the spot kind of makes the pain go up because, again, the pressures of the increased um, pressure based on the edema that's building up in there as well as some of the chemical cascade flow that flows through in there too and then neuropathic which is an actual injury to that nerves 
itself. So yeah, so that's kind of a bit of an anatomy around pain. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to throw it over to Nicole. She has some really cool stats to share with us before we really get into the discussion. I do. Um, we'll start off. I think we're going to link some of the uh, information that we reference yep. um, in the podcast. So you guys can do a little more reading up on it if you want. Um, <laughs> there's some really cool stuff out there. Yeah. So Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the very first things um, that is out there, when I, I'm going to start, I think, sort of with uh, sort of the basis of like this whole pain thing, being that it is something we as manual therapists treat so much, um, is that it, as a registered massage therapist, um, in our scope of practice, it's very clear that what we treat is the physical dysfunction and pain of all of the soft tissues and joints. So we feel that this is like the very basis of like what we do. And when you go into a treatment, this is where you sort of build that foundation. Uh, So with that, um, (laughs) some of the stats we sort of found is that, uh, uh, this is the US stat, um, but lower back pain um, and chronic pain in general um, is the most second most common cause of disability in the United States. Uh, which is humongous. Um, also, mm-hmm. uh, 80% of people will experience lower back pain or chronic pain itself at some point in their entire life. So that's pretty big. So this is like a really big mm-hmm. um, issue for uh, US, North America, probably globally, um, but for sure North America. Yeah. Um, we see it all the time. And I, I feel though that a lot of... Um, clients, people out there don't really know what to do with it. And I think that was actually what started this, mm-hmm. uh, Heather, is that you sort mm-hmm. of uh, brought up the uh, question that we have a lot of clients be like, oh, I have this pain. Like, is that normal? Like, I'm just going to live. I'm just going to live with that. Like, that's just a thing that happens yeah. sometimes. So like, I'll just live with it and like move on with life. And it's like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> like, um, is pain yeah. normal? Right. That's what it is. Like, is mm-hmm. the pain, is pain, is chronic pain, is it normal in the sense that it's something we all just have to end up living with, right? And what triggered me when we started our discussion is I had heard a story um, of a family member's coworker who was in who's in severe back pain. They have a very active labor job, and um, they are always complaining about the back pain. And they would put it uh, like a home tens machine on their back while they're working. And they do a lot of lifting and walking. And mind you, those tens machines, I'm not, I don't know them per se, but I wouldn't imagine that they would be able to go to a high enough setting that could cause a lot of injury. But first off, I was like, they don't know exactly how to place those pads mm-hmm. and what's actually going on with that low back injury. Cause there's so many factors. Absolutely. Plus how, I question, I said, did they go, have they gone seen, have a physio, a chiropractor, a massage therapist, anybody? And their response was like, oh, I don't have time for that. And other things took priority, whether it was work, mm-hmm. kids, it all takes a priority and the pain they put in the backseat and a little bit of uh, that, uh, well, I better just toughen up that toughen mm-hmm. up mentality of if I just tough it out, it'll go away. And that's where we kind of started saying, well, questioning, do I have to live with this? Do I just have to tough it out? Um, that's kind of what led us to here, here today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, and it's a big one. I think, um, there's lots of different approaches to pain, chronic pain, of course, like you mentioned, there's different types of pain. So all of that factor in it's, it's much bigger, but I think we just kind of really want to 
um, sort of show uh, sort of how we go about this and approach it and just have like a good general um, sort of discussion on like pain and how we feel about it right um, from our sort of yeah. like standpoint so uh, with that question like is pain normal when we kind of pose that um, I thought about it and uh, yes and no I sort of is what I came my conclusion to pain as a response is normal um, so I think that's something that is true uh, pain itself is normal it is our body's primal alarm system to let us know that there is some sort of um, physical suffering, discomfort caused by illness or injury. Uh, so we do have pain for a reason, but pain all of the time, chronic pain all of the time, um, definitely not normal. Mm -hmm. As much as it seems normal because 80% of the population experiences it at some point in their life, it doesn't mean it's supposed to be normal. Normal, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's the for way sure. we yeah, approach it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pain is supposed to be there to warn you to, you know, don't touch that. Don't do that. Get away from that dinosaur or whatever chasing you. <laughs> yeah. Like though it's, that's what it's there for, but it's supposed to come and then subside based on, um, like we said before, if there was an inflammatory response or if there was a, a neurological neuropathic response that, you know, that injury caused, damage to the neuron that's mm -hmm. a whole different story but in a general sense pain yeah is supposed to come and go but not be chronic in this how we see it absolutely and we see it a lot um that old nagging injury that comes back um and i think you're going to tell a story i also have probably something very similar mm -hmm. um of an injury that's been there and around um and even with me, with like lots of therapy, it does come and go, but I wouldn't even say it's pain. Like it's not even debilitating. It's not anything that I day-to-day mm -hmm. -day give a whole lot of thought to, um, mm -hmm. but it's, uh, uh, sorry, I lost my random train of thought. Well, it's okay. <laughs> Are you okay if I throw out a few? I found yes. some Canadian yes. facts. Yes, absolutely. So um, the there's now the Canadian government has put for in 2019, they put forward a Canadian pain task force. Oh, and I'm perfect. sure a few of you massage therapists out there might've got the email. I think it was from the RNTAO um, about contributing input for the 2020 report. So this is from their 2019 report, but to go with your 80% um, of the population in the US will experience at some point in their life um, chronic pain and low and or low back pain. One in five Canadians are currently right now living with chronic moderate to severe back pain. So that's 20% right now. Um, now to compare back, 80, that 80% was at some point in point their life. In their life. Yeah. This is 20% right now. Of those 20%, 50% of them, half of them have been living with that chronic pain for more than 10 years, mm -hmm. <laughs> more than 10, 10 years. Yeah. So you think about that week where you, you know, you woke up, your neck was in pain and like that whole week, that's you for 10 years. Years. Like yeah. that's wild. And then to get into it, dig into it a little bit more, our 65 plus age demographic that number moves from one in five to one in three. That's one huge. In 
one in three people are living with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So again, I, the stat didn't say it. So this is just my interpretation of is that low back and chronic pain in Canada is still probably on that same playing field of the second most common debility, yeah, disability in Canada. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I would, I would agree with that still. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah, it seems like it's a North American thing we, based on the stats that we've found, but I'm sure globally there's other countries and that would be lumped into this as well. Yeah, it's huge. Just all across the board. It's something I don't think, uh, I don't know, in this new medicine new western meeting eastern medicine like world we're now living in i think people are definitely searching out like new ways to deal with it and i think that's where we come in right um yeah for sure so i i'm excited uh that a lot of um clients people are turning to manual therapy as a way for this because uh this also um this chronic pain uh also plays into the whole um, opioid crisis that we have had and we now know about so uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's huge and more, um, more doctors, physicians, general practitioners, I think are seeing it too. Uh, and yes. I actually had a, um, I found, um, a study where they mm-hmm. showed that, uh, one of the most, uh, sorry, one second, one of the mm-hmm. best, most, uh, most effective treatments to, uh, chronic pain was uh, mindfulness uh, and mindfulness-based stress reduction. That was the biggest um, way to support um, and help people with chronic pain syndromes. Mindfulness. It actually has nothing to do uh, with any sort of physical (laughs) structure that could be injured or whatever it is. Absolutely. So with chronic chronic pain syndromes, um, so not acute, Mm -hmm. that's not really Mm -hmm. 100% what we're talking about, um, but with chronic pain syndrome, mindfulness. Um, and I think a big piece of that flows into uh, when you're talking about the nerves and the anatomy of how pain mm-hmm. works, our brains actually at a certain point um, change um, its neural pathways once we've been dealing with chronic pain. Um, probably a lot of people have sort of heard the, the term uh, neuroplasticity flown around out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. that term really uh, sort of what it sort of means is that our brains have the ability to completely change circuits, um, cut off dead pathways that aren't using anymore, um, and just change the way our brains actually um, take information in. Um, and I did mm-hmm. see um, another study around that actually supported that with chronic pain, um, they saw that the neurons and pathways in the brain that originally just looked at pain and um, all of that actually changed their information pathway to emotional. So Mm -hmm. we have this whole change in our brain from dealing with like, oh, that's a physical pain um, due to injury. And then it changes its pathway to emotional. And that's where you get that mindfulness piece. So when you're transitioning out of like that fight and flight injury, like you break a bone to I've broken a bone and I've been in a cast or unable to walk for six weeks. I've been out of my job. I haven't been able to see my friends go to the gym, all those things. Mm -hmm. Our brains physically changed from that pain that we felt initially to it being like an emotional component, Mm -hmm. uh, which is really kind of like a neat study. Um, I mean, I didn't get to like read the entire thing because I'm 
Mm -hmm. I read most of it, most of the abstract, got the information I could. So I plan to go back and look at that more. But um, that was a really cool thing that I saw that really sort of um, played into. Well, it just really speaks to how our brain like categorizes and maps everything. I like to think of my brain, (laughs) this is how I explain it to people, is I'm just a stack in a long haul of um of files and drawers of files filing cabinets and when i'm you see me staring off trying to think of something it's literally somebody in there just flipping through the filing cabinet trying to find this but um so to me it's that's how i see it and so it's it's when that injury happens and when it comes out of the acute stage so it's tied okay i'm filing pain under this mechanism of injury this is all that's happened inflammation blah 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 and then once that fight or flight like you said is now over now it starts filing oh now we're feeling depressed sad um stressed it starts filing that pain under those categories too because it's just trying to relate everything it can to this so then Mm -hmm. now when the body feels stressed uh, depressed sad what does it feel pain Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And it goes back yeah. to that site of injury because we have physically made um, that connection, that nerve connection from our brain to the physical injury. Our brains and our nervous system have this incredible capacity to um, shift, like shift and shape and like relearn um, all of the time. So good and bad. So leading that into like how we sort of treat, I guess, is that um, you can have someone who for 10 years has been dealing with a chronic Mm -hmm. pain syndrome, let's just say like lower back pain, that's obviously very common. And they've been dealing with for 10 years. Now it's not going to happen overnight, but through things like manual therapy, joint manipulation, soft tissue manipulation, um, acupuncture, all all of the things, other things that Mm -hmm. we sort of do, cupping, all of those, um, we can retrain those pathways. We can make new Mm -hmm. ones. We can desensitize all of those free end, like nerve endings that you had mentioned in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, so that the signal that's coming from those are not pain related to the brain. And over time, as you sort of start to change them slowly, um, Mm -hmm. our brains will dull they will start being like oh that doesn't hurt um uh, that kind of thing now you still have to do some of that psychological portion later that um this is a process that therapists do have to buy into they have to be all in Mm -hmm. they have to know that Mm -hmm. it's not just them on our table being treated they do have to uh, do the work at home whether it be the Mm -hmm. physical rehabilitation or the mindfulness or um the strengthening like they have to be a part of it and understand like the biosocial like uh portion of it right yeah yeah a lot of the things that i sometimes get my clients to do i i send them home you know from school it was you know send them home with these five exercises you know start isometrically three sets at 10 seconds each three times and that that's great there's a lot of science and evidence to back that up i'm not saying there isn't but like you said, we need our clients to buy into that. So sometimes I say, I just want you to go home and do this one stretch exercise, whatever it is. One client, um, I'll just throw it in there. They had what I think might have been some phase of frozen shoulder, thawing, frozen, coming out. It was a weird stage. We couldn't really pinpoint it. Um, but they could only get about 
I'm not even going to say 90. I think it was about 70 when I first saw them, degrees of abduction in their left shoulder. And I, so I just sent them home and said, I just want you to do pendulum of the shoulder of the GH bent over and just do the alphabet. I just want you to do that once a day. But also I want you to think about where in your life you can take five more minutes, 10 more minutes to yourself. If that's, um, you know, stepping outside and taking the dog for a walk or uh, trying to have a better bedtime routine to get better sleep. Cause I think this person was only getting five to six hours of sleep mm -hmm. every night too. So I said, these are your two things. And they kind of looked at me and they're like, oh, you're not giving me exercises. And I was like, no, because this is where we need to start. Mm -hmm. This is like, way back. The <laughs> yeah. The shoulder injury is becoming, is coming from the lack of sleep and including sleep position, as well mm -hmm. as they were under, they were just, they would work like 18 hours a day. Um, yeah. And it was just all stress induced. Um, mm -hmm. And so basically it was two things. I, I didn't want to send them home and add to their, feel like, oh, I have to do these exercises. Oh, I can do this one thing. Just do that one thing and we'll see the difference the next time you come in. Mm -hmm. And when they came in again, they gained about, and he was seeing me weekly, he <laughs> gained about 30 degrees of abduction in just, just a week, one. just from doing that and, and the hands-on treatment and thinking more about, okay, how do, what can I do in my life to reduce my stress? Absolutely. Yeah. And the, doing the one thing, being successful at doing just the one thing positively reinforces yeah. their brain to be like, I can, oh, I can do that. Mm -hmm. And it starts giving them the encouragement to try a little yeah. harder because for so long, they've obviously been telling themselves, I can't move my arm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you keep telling yeah. yourself, I can't move my arm. Um, I can't bend over. I can't walk to the end of the street. Um, yeah. I mean, they're obviously situation can't, right? But you keep mm -hmm. telling yourself that you're never going to, you're never going to try yeah. to ever do it. So you have to build confidence because with pain mm -hmm. and chronic pain, there's that underlying like fear the um, emotion that comes into play. Nobody wants to experience that severe, acute pain ever again. Um, mm -hmm. Both of us having that experience. I never want to yeah. feel that ever again in my life. And I've had a baby and I'm like, it doesn't even compare. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's like, I mean, I got a yeah. girl, but still like, it doesn't even compare to like that feeling of like dread being like, oh my God, if I like stand up and take a step, like, am I going to be like collapsed on the floor mm -hmm. in a ball of, because I can't, you know what I mean? That, um, yep. that shock. So, uh, that fear comes into play and you have to really work your brain to get yourself out of that, uh, mm -hmm. that spiral, I guess, um, yeah. that nerve, that neural loop, right? Yeah. And that negative self-talk of, like you said, if I sent him home with, you know, that exercise program of here's five exercises, do them, you know, your, your external rotation, your internal rotation, hold for 10 seconds, do it three times. And he didn't do it. He would have a sense of failure. Yes. And the, also the therapist in me is like, if you, if I'm sending you home with these one or two things, prove to me that you deserve to have more. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, let show me that you're capable yeah. of sticking to this so that when I you come in here um, and I help you, it's not waste. Right. Yeah. Um, you're going to go home and do the work to get better because you still really want to get better. Right. Like, yeah, um, I'm sure you show had me you're this, committed. Yeah. To your healing yeah. process, because uh, yeah. we don't I don't know. I heard this saying a long time ago and it was that um, 
it was sort of the theology that I don't make people better. Like I don't heal people. A lot of people look at manual therapists, RMTs, yeah. you know, they they come in, they say, make me better. I don't make you better. I, I literally encourage your own body's processes yeah. to heal in a positive way. I give you tools and your body's tools. And yes, we do change the way soft tissue and joints align. We can change connective tissue in real time. We do do all of those things, mm-hmm. but I don't, I can't physically reattach ligaments. I don't do any of those yeah. things. Um, your body has the ability to do them all, all there. I'm just giving you the tools and sort of facilitating you in the right direction. Uh, so you do need that buy-in from clients because if you don't, you will see them every week for another 10 mm-hmm. years. And weirdly enough, clients will gladly come back. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, like they're just and like, I'm this fine is with that. <laughs> I'm yeah. fine with that to an extent. I also am one of those that, and I know you are too, that mm-hmm. I go home and if I'm seeing that person on a weekly basis or bi-weekly basis, and we're at you know, mm-hmm. the third or fourth treatment, we've got some, we've got some good, but we've seemed to plateau. It bothers me. It, mm-hmm. I, I come home and I'm like, my boyfriend will look at me and be like, you know, what's going on. I can tell you're onto something, you're stressed. And I'm like, I just, I, I'm constantly thinking about like, how can I get rid of their pain? Mm-hmm. But it, but I, but at the same time, I know I'm doing everything I can. I'm doing all the tools. And I think my, that's it from what I from can yours. do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of yeah. times it's the other end. It's um, yeah. the client um, not doing their part. Or sometimes I think mm-hmm. we, as therapists, you know, we get that like, all right, so uh, this injury should take two to four weeks yeah. to resolve. And we get all in our head about why it's not. Yeah. And we, what we, you know, we have to factor yeah. in like the reason their shoulder not getting better because they have a job that requires them to continually re-injure that shoulder. Right. So we're working Overuse against injuries and yeah. yeah. Um, which also a lot of people I think actually confuse with chronic pain syndrome is overuse repetitive strain injuries. Yep. Cause yeah. And um, they're like, Oh, I've just always had that nagging knee or whatever. And, but they're constantly stepping up on a ladder. Right. And it's like, Oh, this isn't yep. a chronic pain syndrome. This is a overuse um, strain. Yep injury we need to like switch up physically what you're doing if we can or give you better modifications Mm -hmm. or whatever it is right Mm -hmm. so that's Mm -hmm. a big thing I find too with um people in pain again see there's so many different reasons for pain so many different kinds of pain yeah (laughs) so that's a that's a great point that you just made me think of with that with overuse injury you know what we what we will look at is more of the physical biological approach to it in the sense Mm -hmm. of okay um this here's some strategies like instead of stepping up every time with your right foot alternate or step up for a few days with the left foot and then be sure to alternate to start that um instead of walking down the stairs or up the stairs one step or like you know each step at a time maybe approach it like somebody who has just broken their leg where you're doing one step bringing the other leg up Mm -hmm. yeah um However it is, we could give you those physical and with just the physical change modification, mm-hmm. you can see a difference in that pain. Absolutely. Where mm-hmm. if, if you applied that physical, only looked at the physical, this is definitely mm-hmm. a great, a great lead in. Um, mm-hmm. If you're only looking at that physical approach to changing strategy for chronic pain, you'll get nowhere. Absolutely. You'll get nowhere. No, no. you won't. Do you? Uh, yeah. And that's, I will, I guess that's sort of like how old sort of mentality people look, look at Mm -hmm. it, right? That's why we've had, um, 
not discounting it, but so many people who've had like knee surgeries and back surgeries and all of Mm -hmm. these things and they come back and it always seems like 50% of the people it works, 50% it doesn't. Yeah. Um, I actually uh, read a really cool study um, when I was in uh, McMaster's acupuncture program. They had us read like a hundred million like case studies. (laughs) I don't even know. I have like files and files Mm -hmm. of them. They're really cool. But (laughs) one of the really neat ones was um, they actually did like a, like a blind study on knee surgery. Um, and people's pain. So they got, I think it was like a group of 10 ish, uh, people who all had the call, like the basis for needing a knee surgery. So mm-hmm. five, of the 10 people actually had the reconstructive knee surgery. So the surgeons went in, did their mm-hmm. thing. Five, the people went in, uh, to the, they, they did the whole thing. Like you were getting surgery. The surgeon literally made the incisions, sewed them back up, did nothing, just made the physical on the skin incision. So they thought they had the surgery. People came out, sent them home. They all did the exact same physical home care, the exact same, whatever. And they actually found that people who had the surgery had no better outcome than the people who didn't. It was wild. And it was like, that's it. You know what I mean? Like just physically changing or fixing the anatomical structure doesn't do the job. So um, Mm -hmm. they are seeing a steady decline in doing those things. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, when I remember when the instructor said that literally all of us were like, of course, right? Like, of course, that makes sense. So um, yeah, but as like as manual therapists, we do work on the physical structures. But Mm -hmm. as RMTs, I think we have this really great opportunity to rope in the whole mind body. We spend so much time with people, um, that emotional quotient and no we are not qualified to give any sort of like counseling advice but just to be in the room with someone for that amount physical amount of time one-on-one to hear people's Mm -hmm. like fears about their pain um you know depression about like the things they can't do I know one of the biggest questions I ask um and I'm sure a lot of our MPs ask this but one of the ones that I'm most interested in when I ask people about their pain you know I do the whole pain scale thing but Mm -hmm. my biggest thing is what are the activities of daily living that yeah. are interrupted by your current discomfort, pain, injury, whatever? Um, mm-hmm. Because those are the markers I'm going to use to try to get you back to. Also, that gives me a better understanding of where we are in the term of that pain cycle. You know what I mean? Is it still, although yeah. maybe it might be a few weeks old, is it still kind mm-hmm. of like more of like an acute thing? Like, oh, your knee does jab you, but you're still going for your walks. Or mm-hmm. are you telling me you have stopped going to the gym to run? You have stopped going for walks. You're basically just sitting on the couch because the pain has gotten so bad, right? Right. Um, and it's not even necessarily that the pain has gotten so bad. It's that it has now gotten you in such that neuroplastic loop of being like, this mm-hmm. hurts when I do this, that you've stopped doing those things. And now your brain is being like, when I do those things, it hurts. So don't even, don't even go there. Yep. Don't even try. Right. So um, yeah. Yes. It's really, it's an interesting, like, it's a good, it's a huge paradigm of like pain and shifting and how we think about pain. Right. Yeah. And definitely in the last year, again, I can only talk really to that, even though, yeah, I've been back for about a year now, (laughs) but you know, I've always kept my finger on the pulse, like I've said, but, um, the, I believe it was the Canadian massage conference that happened last summer at the end of last summer. Um, they had the big talk in it was the biopsychosocial theory and applying that to pain. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been a big, I don't want to say trend, but you've definitely seen more of an uptick when it comes in the massage world to this, to approach it from these three. So I'll give you a little, a little back on this. Cause I did do mm-hmm. a little history. I just wanted to, uh, note that this biopsychosocial theory, even though it's coming more mainstream, let's say it dates back to 1977, George yeah. Engel in 1977, created this theory it wasn't necessarily to pain but you can apply it to any part of our lives world in any way Mm -hmm. but as it applies to pain it makes so much sense that our biological like we've been talking about that physical injury or that physical issue chemical issue whether that be medication or hormone imbalances chemical imbalances in the body um as well as the psychological. So we've already touched on that. You know, your your depressive, anxiety, stress, burnout states play a factor, mm-hmm. as well as your social. And when we say social, it's your um, your relationship with people around you, your relationship at work, your how you feel in, are you s- satisfied in a sense? Like you don't mm-hmm. have to have um, people who have, a lot of people around them in a big social circle doesn't mean that you're in less pain than somebody that isn't. It's just, are you satisfied as well? Mm -hmm. You can also play into the, the, I think it kind of falls under psycho psychological and social is even your social economic status. Um, Absolutely. And, and as well as race, uh, sexual orientation, all of that plays a role because that is, you know, society has a, a view on that um mm-hmm. on that your position and that could be also detrimental if you're not feeling that you are belo- belonging in society as a whole um you may have a community which is great but you should could also be feeling that bigger societal pressure um mm-hmm. and that plays a massive factor into your pain as well massive mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. In one of the uh, studies I'd referenced earlier, it also mentioned that two people in the same level of pain um, uh, can uh, literally experience it completely different. Um, mm-hmm. And each individual's psychological attitudes and outlooks totally play into that. So one of the examples I gave is if you're um, a very anxiously prone person, um, sort of always mm-hmm. like going to the worst case scenario or like, how bad could this go wrong? Um, they actually found that if that was sort of your mental state, um, when you had pain or going through pain, um, you were much more prone to experience higher levels or more um, extreme types of feeling of pain. So literally mm-hmm. the pain itself would feel more, even though you have the same kind of injury um, as someone else. And I don't know, um, I'll have a lot of clients to talk about like pain tolerances and to be honest, I don't have a whole lot of like background in like the, I don't know, I don't have any studies on like pain tolerances itself. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, But every uh, nerve, every pain nerve, actually they do have a threshold to where Mm -hmm. um, a signal actually has to meet and cross that threshold before it even goes to your Mm -hmm. brain. Um, So sort of like an electrical current so I play around with this in acupuncture mm-hmm. actually a lot mm-hmm. so when you add an electrical current to a motor nerve the current actually has to uh, cross the, the threshold line um, for you to actually get a muscle contraction 
um, or a um, sensory like sensation to your brain. So people actually feel it. Uh, what they do find is people who've had um, chronic pain and uh, long lasting pain, their thresholds are so low. Um, mm -hmm. not, not motor nerve, but pain. So it's really, mm -hmm. really low. Like the chemical environment is so chaotic that, um, they, that the hypersensitivity to the physical nerve is higher. Um, mm -hmm. so that's sort of where like the anxiety come in. It actually does change the thresholds in your brain to right. filter out different um, information and that physical yep. nerve ending itself that we physically treat with mm -hmm. massage therapy, cupping, taping, acupuncture, mm -hmm. um, those thresholds actually are, they do change based on um, how you feel, where you're at, mm -hmm. your whole um, attitude towards it. And just um, in yeah. general, like if you do have the inflammation that's lingering in and around yep. there um, and that kind of thing. So uh, I guess yeah. kind of going around to the physical side of like how we sort of approach pain, um, we look mm -hmm. at those things too. So uh, people come in and say, oh, I have a really high pain tolerance. And I, I don't know, I've had, um, I, I honestly, it's really funny. Sorry to any client that's listening to this. Like when you say that, I kind of just chuckle on the inside because it really actually means absolutely nothing to me at all. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if that's the same for you, but like this, literally when people like say I have a low or high yeah. pain tolerance, I go, okay, yeah. that's great. Um, let me just see like, at, like where you're at because um, it doesn't, make a huge difference now if someone says they have a low pain tolerance it's because they're really sensitive so I just yeah. ease I maybe take a, a lighter approach although my approach to massage therapy is very light to begin with like I tell a lot of my clients like don't expect me to elbow you deep right away yeah like I very much because um with pain and with all of the different nerves that you in like um, receptors that you talked about, we have superficial and deep, mm -hmm. um, tactile, all of those things. And one of the biggest things is to make sure you get all of those together. So I can't help you with that, like sensitive pain, um, that superficial pain. If I'm just digging deep, like I physically have to like initiate and activate those mm -hmm. superficial nerves, uh, with light touch, uh, before I can actually get into anything else. Um, because mm -hmm. you might then I might work out the trigger point and the knot or whatever um, mm -hmm. sort of thing that's scar tissue that's, but you're still going to be like, oh, when I touch that, it still hurts. It's because I never actually treated the other half of, or the other part of the nerves that were yeah. in pain. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and then that can also lead us down a whole other rabbit hole of the, you know, my elbow hurts, but then. I'm like, okay. And I go and look at, you know, we're treating and there's so many restrictions in the shoulder or mm -hmm. the wrist. Yeah. And now, uh, so I'm treating those and then it's, well, you didn't treat my, my elbow. I had a client yeah. the other, a f few weeks ago that they are going to be going in for meniscal surgery. I know that they have swelling happening in the knee because of it. And mm -hmm. they only book in for short treatment. So it's literally just, they want just their legs treated. So I treat, you know, your, your <laughs> proximal, distal, proximal, superficial, deep, superficial. And yeah. I'm, so I'm working quads, I'm working hamstrings, I'm working calf. I'm also working peroneals just because their gait is off. So their ankle mm -hmm. and their peroneals are probably helping with balance. And then we're getting near the end of treatment and 
of course, in that I'm going over the knee. I'm doing a little bit at the end with my effleurage, bringing some of that swelling out. And then I get, well, you didn't really treat my knee. And I'm like, I did <laughs> indirectly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, treated, I did. Yeah. I treated the muscles that integrate with the knee and to help like, but because I didn't spend five minutes thumb kneading the knee their kneecap yeah <laughs> their kneecap yeah. their yeah the, the fib head and tib tuberosity I I didn't do anything in their mind yeah so mm -hmm. it does come down to education from our yes. side but sometimes people aren't they're just not going to uh, to buy into it in a sense or they mm -hmm. just they they don't know enough and as soon as you start talking about like well your anatomical structures and this is you, it goes above their head and they lose you mm -hmm. and or you lose them and yeah mm -hmm. that's it they kind of check out right but um mm -hmm. yeah but I on that you made me think of a little a pain anatomy that I forgot to mention that I also think is super cool that in a in a nociceptor so that again mm -hmm. is your first order neuron there are two types of fibers, axon fibers. Um, there's A fiber and a C fiber. So it's what I think is cool about this is, so that your A fibers, they travel up that nerve to the brain 20 meters per second, 20 meters in a second. Like that is the speed of light. I don't know yes. for sure, I can't quote that, but it's fast. <laughs> fast, and then, very fast. <laughs> yeah, comparatively, C fibers travel at a two meters per second. That is a mm -hmm. drastic difference. So a lot of people, um, I've heard this debate, like um, people talk about it and it just confuses me that, you know, if you hurt yourself, um, you rub it. I can't remember off the top of my head what their, what their reasoning was, but it was not the right reasoning that their instinct was to, is to rub it. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so those A fibers, they're the ones that shoot up to the brain um, and into the spinal cord. And I believe they they are involved in your reflex. So let's say that, you know, that you touch the hot pan and you pull your hand away. That's because of the A fibers, the, the 20 meters per second fiber getting up there, because that's your body's initial reaction to be like, get away from that. Don't mm -hmm. do that. Where the C fibers, they kind of come in afterwards and they're just kind of yes. like do 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 tooting along <laughs> like we'll get yeah. there but mm -hmm. your instinct is to rub it because that then is a whole other it's called pain gate theory yes. so you rubbing it the the sensation of the rubbing or massaging that pressure and that glide those fibers travel not as fast as A fibers, but not as slow as C fibers. So the yes. idea is that that rubbing will then get to the spinal cord first and block yes. off because there's only one second order neuron that all of that pain information travels up, up the spine to the brain. It blocks mm -hmm. kind of those C fibers from hitting, from going up the spine. And because it's telling the brain like, ooh, this is the new sensation that we're feeling. And the, mm -hmm. now you don't feel those. So that's kind of in a roundabout way, also explaining how massage works in a sense mm -hmm. and how Absolutely. you do feel so good immediately after. But those, unless you're keeping up with your home care and things we suggest and 
from a physical, social, and psychological um, perspective approach, if you're not keeping up with those, you will revert back. Absolutely. But, in a, but I just thought that's a cool way of like explaining how massage can also work with pain too. And why, you yeah. know, touch that's therapy. Yeah, I ex- yeah, exactly. I, I ex- love that um, analogy. And I tell clients mm-hmm. all the time that because it really does give them like a good understanding. And as massage therapists, I think that's like a component you really need to get to be like mm-hmm. successful in your practice in a treatment point of view. Um, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's something that I found in college. They, they went over very, very mm-hmm. well, but I didn't really, I didn't really get it. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. There's just so much information coming at you. And then oh, over yeah. the years, taking courses, um, talking mm-hmm. to other people, um, it kind of cemented it. And then um, because my acupuncture was so neurofunctional based, um, actually neurofunctional acupuncture while we're there Mm -hmm. because it's so neurofunctional based um it really cemented it and I remember going through it and telling clients something I'm being like I'm I'm gonna tell you like I have to apologize like the way I've been treating you in some ways is like not do what I mean like I know why Mm -hmm. we're not getting through this now like I get it um Mm -hmm. I've been looking at like your physical structures as um like you know, the muscles and joints and stuff, but I've never really paid a whole lot of attention to the neurology and the nerves mm-hmm. of this. And they're considered like, they're considered part of like the soft tissues and joints that we yep. are allowed to treat. Um, the nervous system is a part of the human anatomy that is within mm-hmm. our scope of practice to um, augment, to help with pain and dysfunction. Yep. Um, but a lot of RMT just look at like muscle. The muscle, just muscle. the muscle, right? the tendon, the ligament. And that's it. And it's so compartmentalized, right? Um, to look mm-hmm. at it that way. And that was something actually I wanted to say um, with you with that client who has the knee injury mm-hmm. that that yeah. old school thought of car- blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, just segment like just a knee, right? Yeah. Um, or just an ankle or just a big toe. And we're finding mm-hmm. and realizing that that's absolutely the wrong way to look at it. Like you can't take that one toe or that ankle or that knee and just look at it because um, the person will get 80 to 90% better and -hmm. then they'll live the next 10 years of their life with chronic pain because you never treated the whole thing you know what I mean Um, and that that big piece comes in like people have chronic pain it's because it was never fully treated right? Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and they may, in a sense, if you're only focusing on that one segmental part of the biopsychosocial, you're only fixated on the physical biological aspect of it. You're only going to get so far, like you said, and then they're going to have this little bit of pain and just go either like, I have to live with this the rest of my life or essentially feel like you've failed them as a therapist and they no longer mm-hmm. have confidence in you because well she only got me to this point and no yeah. further because the therapist and the client were only focused on the physical part and not taking into the account the other and again like you had said we're not trained psychotherapists psychologists at all but there is a we have a little bit of wiggle room in there and you don't have to go mm-hmm. down the rabbit hole with your clients if they're if they're getting really deep into their emotionals, but just letting them vent, letting them talk, mm-hmm. and and giving them that outlet is huge, absolutely huge. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. I was going to yeah, tell that mindfulness piece, yeah, yeah, yeah. So to 
talk to Nicole's uh, skills here a little oh, bit. God. I was going to, I was going to talk, I was going to talk about how, so I grew up playing volleyball. I never injured my shoulder playing volleyball, but I injured my thumb a lot, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> um, and so I, I believe from that and from playing volleyball I have a lot of rib mid-back issues from the torsion the rotation the diving the impact on the ribs I have a lot of issues in there and I believe right when I first started seeing you I had thrown my back out my 30th birthday I don't know if you remember (laughs) that the morning of my 30th birthday there I was crumpled in a ball on the floor because I couldn't move I was in so much pain and I'd seen many therapists over the years all good had great but they went that only thinking physical physiology physical sorry yeah (laughs) only thinking the physical aspect and only seeing it as the shoulder the or the back at the time or the neck and only treating the muscles that's how that's I even as a therapist I was stuck in that oh I'm just treating the muscles and that's it yeah I'm I'm helping them bring their stress level down but like that's the thought was this reduction in stress and the impact on the nervous system was secondary to the impact on the muscles then I saw Nicole (laughs) and in a sense she she views it in kind of the reverse the impact on the neurological the nervous system including the emotional side of it that's all included is priority and muscles Mm -hmm. kind of come secondary to that let's say Mm -hmm. and oh my god my life was changed (laughs) (laughs) it all starts in our brain it all starts there (laughs) I felt less pain less pain from the initial pain that I was coming in with when I left after that first treatment as well I wasn't in that post massage tender delayed muscle onset muscle soreness that you might feel Mm -hmm. in a deep tissue um really deep tissue massage Um, I didn't have that. Um, and it lasted longer. Like I left being like, that was a, you know, great relaxation massage, but I don't know if she (laughs) got into those muscles. I don't know. (laughs) And the next day I did feel it. Like I felt a little bit, just like if I had gone and had like a really nice, good run, like not overly sore, but I was like, Oh yeah, I can feel like she did do some work in there. And that lasted longer. I think because mm-hmm. of the approach to the nervous system above all, because if you mm-hmm. can effectively treat that nervous system first and foremost, mm-hmm. it's just a cascade effect. Everything else will fall in line. I truly mm-hmm. believe yeah. that. I'm I'm a believer yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> me me too. It took a lot of a lot yeah. of time in the massage therapy like world for me to sort of like about that and it's not a new approach I didn't invent it um no they do have um you can look it up online it's really neat there's lots of information on the top down bottom up Mm -hmm. approach um to um pain and and dissection and sort of overall um uh I encourage anyone listening to definitely look that up um because the top Mm. down and bottom up sort of explains that um idea of like 
top down, meaning like central nervous system, brain, all of that, and how it affects everything below it, peripheral nerves, organs, um, mm-hmm. range of motion, all those things. Or is it a bottom up thing? Do you know what I mean? Like, are you mm-hmm. unable to get that range of motion, which is causing you mental distress, right? So mm-hmm. is it a nervous system pain? Is it like an actual pain thing where it's hurting you and you mm-hmm. cannot physically do it? Yeah. Or is it a um, bottom up, like, you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. that whole different yeah. like piece is there to a it, physical, right? So the, is there a physical dysfunction that's causing, causing you not to do it, pain included, because with physical yeah. com- dysfunction comes pain. Um, or is it, yeah, the top down where you think that there's a restriction, uh, but mm-hmm. there's not. A good example of this, I don't know if there's any watchers of the series Bones. I'm sure lots of people have heard of it. <laughs> there there was an episode. I've watched them all. I love it love it. Um, <laughs> there was an episode with a podiatrist, a Canadian podiatrist that came down and they were working on the same. And whenever he was around temperance, he would not be able to use his arm. And he was like, oh, it's an injury. It's an injury. It's an injury. And as soon as she gave him validation as his role as a podiatrist and in an active member of the healthcare community, he was finally able to use his arm. So that's a mm-hmm. good example of, you know, he's thinking it's a physical issue. I've injured it. I can't move it. I don't know what's wrong with it. All these doctors have looked at it and nothing's wrong. And this isn't bashing doctors. <laughs> this is yeah. also a, fic- a fictional show. Um, yeah. <laughs> but as soon as he got that emotional validation, that psychological and social validation, the pain mm-hmm. went away. Mm-hmm. The dysfunction is, went away. Exactly. Which is the part that us as RMTs can give people. You don't have mm-hmm. to have, I don't think anywhere it states that I have to have some sort of um, special like degree anywhere to validate mm-hmm. someone's pain and dysfunction mm-hmm. to say, I hear you. I understand mm-hmm. that, you know, the tennis elbow that you have is literally making so you can't stir spaghetti sauce for your children or mm-hmm. brush your hair or mm-hmm. shower, wash your hair in the shower. Mm-hmm. I understand that. I can imagine how much that impacts your life day to day. We can give them that validation and just that alone and then working on their elbow and wrist yeah. and all of those things, yeah. just giving them that and being like, um, it's actually really funny. I've heard that um, thing where it's like, oh, it's like, it's not in my head um, mm-hmm. and kind of is. Do you know what I mean? Like pain, it's not in your, is in your head. It, but it physically actually is in your head. Your brain processes it because you, mm-hmm. if you cut off that nociceptive like pain nerve, mm-hmm. you get rid of it, you don't have any more pain. Like it literally, their signal can't get to your brain. So pain is only a thing if your brain decides that it has to be a thing. Yeah. Um, if yeah. it crosses that threshold and gets through all the parameters to actually um, become like in the forefront of your thought, then mm-hmm. it's a thing. But your brain is the gatekeeper. It decides whether or not it does. So. It tells you if that's pain. Yeah, exactly. So you have to, so giving the, and that's the piece, like giving the validation, explain to them, we hear them, we see them. Um, we care that you can't brush your hair. Do you know what I mean? Yep. A lot of times doctors go, oh, okay. You know what I mean? Not yeah. just doctors, but a lot of people, oh, okay. You can't brush your hair like you use your other arm. That's not mm-hmm. the point, right? Um, so that's mm-hmm. sort of where that like mindfulness-based stress reduction comes in, I think with massage therapy that we, um, yeah, we get the luxury of spending an experience, um, mm-hmm. extended period of time with our clients. We really get to see how pain, mm-hmm. physical dysfunction really impacts mm-hmm. their life as a whole. Um, 
And yeah, I, I think probably a lot of RMTs can say to this, like, um, I have people tell me things that like, they probably haven't even told their spouse or mm -hmm. um, their doctor because they just don't think they'll listen yeah. or care. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But it does matter to us. Me, like to me, like you telling me that you can't, uh, you know what I mean? Like go get the mail because mm -hmm. um, it hurts you. Yeah. You can have your spouse go get the mail, but that's not the point. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I care. I truly deep down do care about that because obviously if you're bringing it up to me, it's something that's important to you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then we go about doing our, you know, our testing and all mm -hmm. of those things. And, um, not to say that I feel, um, not to say that what we do like manually, um, isn't anything that is, but I think it's only half mm -hmm. the picture. Right. Yeah. I um, still approach that, that hurt shoulder, um, you know, treating, as, putting it through its ranges of motions, doing joint mm -hmm. mobilizations, uh, getting in there and seeing what's going on with subscap from a few different angles, seeing how, yeah. um, when they're supine and you're flexing the shoulder up and seeing how the lats play a role in, in, yes. Um, movement of the shoulder that way and looking at how like serratus getting into serratus in that way too like yeah I'm, I'm addressing all of those physical things and mm -hmm. and a lot of the time when it's the first appointment and somebody comes in let's say with shoulders I don't know where I get all the shoulders probably because I have a shoulder <laughs> injury um, yes, that's probably I'm just a magnet from but I'm okay with that I like treating the shoulder um, and I I literally throw everything but the kitchen sink at it everything. Yeah. It's a complicated one. Yeah. So <laughs> shoulders are I so honestly, complicated. Honestly, <laughs> I'll throw more of mine at you. <laughs> yeah. Throw my please, shoulder please. At you. <laughs> um, I just throw everything with the kitchen sink and they, they like not shoot my own horn, but they come off the table and they're like, Oh my God, I full, like, look at me. I can move it fully and it doesn't hurt me. And then they come back a month later and they're like, it's still, it's still good. Like it's maybe been in the last mm -hmm. two days. They're like, what did you do? And I'm just like, everything but the kitchen sink everything I've learned to throw at a shoulder I threw at it and you know what we're going to do this yep. time we're going to do it all again do it. it's that um principle massage principle the general specific general yep. um yep. principle right yep. um let your hands show you like what specifically needs to be done but generally like yep. look and not take a compartmentalized approach to the mm -hmm. shoulder generalize it look at it physically anatomically yeah. be like yeah. what attaches to the shoulder in every single way like triceps biceps delts like pecs mm -hmm. like you know what I mean like yep. all of it you know like your SCM attaches to your clavicle yes. and that it literally makes up the top portion of your shoulder people miss that whole piece right yeah um so that that principle massage principle general specific general um plays mm -hmm. into that whole it's uh, treatment too, right? I feel like a lot of our teachers forget those principles, and I feel like it was cemented in my like deep subconscious mm -hmm. like state. Like I dream about them. Like I constantly mm -hmm. been like, oh yeah, general, specific, general, superficial, deep, superficial. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like uh, mm -hmm. proximal, distal, proximal. Like all of those um, come into such a huge role in treatment. And and you're pain, and you're right. Your general, specific, general. Like I think you just kind of. I just had a light bulb moment that you just kind of gave me you know you do learn that in school and it's always you're standing in front of a body going okay so general specific general like you know your light touch deep touch your proximal you know distal proximal but it also applies to the massage like in general including that biopsychosocial yes. approach in mm -hmm. the sense of you know get them 
relax generally let's work the whole mm-hmm. nervous system then get into those yes. specific injury spots and then come back mm-hmm. out and close out with the whole body sensation mm-hmm. so I have yes. I do have a lot of people that come in the first one their first treatment and they're usually it's back back neck shoulders that's shoulders that's bread where and butter. we that's <laughs> the bread and butter right and yeah. I eventually tell them you know today we're gonna we'll address that we'll work hips up but if you're comfortable, I'd love to move also move forward, including your legs, because it's bringing mm-hmm. that that whole body general wellness factor in. You're starting with that and you're closing with that. And how many people, I know you're going to agree with this, how many people say, oh, I've never had my, my legs worked on before. Oh, and my God, low, all the time. And you, and you have low back what? pain? <laughs> Nobody has touched your legs. No one. No one has touched <laughs> your legs ever. Or, you name, Yeah, absolutely. It baffles me all the time. And, and it's amazing. Or I've recently started seeing people um, coming in with, like, neck and shoulder. And I've really I've started adding in full arm and hand. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I had this, like, weird moment uh, while I was at my computer doing some, like, typing yeah. and stuff. And I was like, my neck shoulder. And I noticed like my neck's like stiff as I'm looking at the computer, my arms are outstretched. And I'm like doing this weird wristy arm thing. And I'm like, why am I not treating people's like arms with their neck? I know that sounds yeah. like sort of off in left field, but like, you know what I mean? Like it's all connected. So I started treating like literally down to the fingertips. Mm-hmm. And so many people were like, I've never had my hands done. And oh my God, hands mm-hmm. are one of the biggest um, most dense sensory places on your whole entire body like yeah. and then it's like so just that general sense treating someone's hand literally tra- like translates yeah. to in their whole body and I've never oh seen it God, more yeah. so than recently in the last while um, I can't wait to get back to actual practice so that I yes. can continue that because it was something that was really really great I was having like a really awesome time like treating people's like hands and thumbs and fingers and literally watching them just like melt yeah. Do you know what I mean? On the yep. table. I mean, as a massage therapist, I love having my hands treated. Of oh course, my gosh. When you put to the, the whole portion, like the sensory, like information that you can put from a hand to the brain is incredible. Like it's mm-hmm. just, there's so much yep. going on in our hands, um, that they're so under underdone. So I try to you kind of use people's hands. Like, I think it kind of goes really to that Eastern medicine, um, mm-hmm. homoculus. Um, I'm sure a lot of people have looked at those, yep. but um, the reflexology, all those look at that where your hands, your feet, ears, they kind of represent our whole body. So um, mm-hmm. I kind of look at treating a hand as treating in a general sense. So I kind of take that mm-hmm. general specific general principle, like one step oh, further. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? It's like, all yeah. right. So like, I, I want to affect their whole central nervous system. Maybe I don't have a whole lot of time to do their whole body. But mm-hmm. if I can get their hands in there, like the work that yeah. is done, because people use their hands and the information that our hands take in is like, yeah. tenfold it's crazy it's some little fun thing that I've been like thrown out there and mm-hmm. I've had a lot of really good responses oh, yeah. to it hands hands I definitely include and I've um included now when I'm finishing off with head neck shoulders w- with who I can because there are some people that come in and they don't want oil in their hair for whatever reason but I always try to finish off with a little bit of TMJ lower and forehead and scalp and mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I, I have to give a shout out to to my girl from my, my bestie who's a massage therapist too, because she does it all the time with me. And then I just remember laying there in our exchange one day going, Why am I not doing this for clients? This is so good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Even, even absolutely. If, even if you give them the deepest, 
like sport massage, deep, deep tissue. And like you did some scar work. If you finish off with a little bit of scalp, you've just oh. like wrapped that up in the prettiest little bow for them. Like, Oh, for sure. Yeah. Cause they've already gone through so much pain and that's something too, in this mm-hmm. whole piece of like biosocial, yep. like, like they're already in pain. Mm-hmm. right we have to remember they're already in some sort of chronic or acute pain state what yeah. we want to do is show them it's okay and it's good to mm-hmm. feel good so yeah. sometimes not treating the actual area that's injured and adding in that general relaxation piece mm-hmm. is so important because it really they need to feel good that's what they're literally looking for so if you can yeah. get them feeling good about one thing whether it be working their hands working their scalp and their face and their team joy something that sort yeah. of surprises them um, that just sort of like turns on that parasympathetic nervous system and turns yeah. off that sympathetic nervous system um, really does go a long way. Like it does, like, I, I don't know in terms, but I feel like it does a solid like 25, 35% of your work for yeah. you. If yeah. you can just get them in that neutral state where they can, their bodies can accept any treatment you're doing because mm-hmm. they are already, a, they're able to, to like, relax because if you're like tense and your body's freaking out like how much help can you really give someone like you need to you need to clear your field right of play (laughs) you need to 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 be able to build on it right so if you're already on the edge you're just gonna jump off like you need to bring them back yep level the field neutralize Mm -hmm. it so that you can do all the wonderful hands-on physical work from and there, that right and that neutralizing can just be like within the one treatment but or that could be depending on where they're at and their pain levels that mm-hmm. could be like okay i know you've had deep tissue in the Learn. past and this but because of your stress level or your emotional state however you want to approach that with them your your sympathetic nervous system is just up here so it's going to take us a few treatments to bring you down and as mm-hmm. we start bringing that down we can maybe start working in a beat bit deeper again that as massage therapists it's a work smarter not harder <laughs> yes right? it is yes Pre- prevent the burnout prevent it and that's a great way mm-hmm. to do so um yeah 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 I like it yeah it's a different that's how we approach it I think yeah I don't know yeah I think we really did a good I kind of like just went off on oh, it. I know I like we, it. <laughs> we did go off on a bit of a tangent but that's okay um no it's I, good yeah I did want to quickly throw it back before we um finish up with our kind of closing thoughts here I said at the beginning um I did have an example of um the polymodal versus single modal um nerves and a really cool example um hoping mm-hmm. that my uh my family member will uh, will be okay if I tell this story but he was working um he does a lot of uh home renovations um at our house I grew up with home renovations all the time and I remember him working he was trying to fix something and he had a screwdriver in his hand and we were all in the kitchen he was working on something in the kitchen and the screwdriver slipped Ooh. And if he was holding something in his left hand and working kind of in this horizontal plane. So you can imagine when it slipped, it went right into the meat of his thumb in his palm. Oh, kind of in the thenar area there. And he just turned around with this hanging out of his hand and went, oh, but it doesn't hurt. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Why isn't this hurting? And we're like, (laughs) 
pull it out <laughs> yeah. so we could clean it and put some gauze on it. And he's like, but it, it doesn't hurt. And yeah. this was before I went to university and then going through university that always stuck in my head. And I told him later, my guess based on this is that where he hit, there were no mechanical nociceptors in that area. Cause he's like, well, you know, if it's hot and something hot touches there, it hurts. Like yeah. he, in that area, he missed the mechanical pain receptors in that area or in any polymodal. Mm -hmm. That's why he didn't have any pain. Even through the healing process, I think he had to go get a stitch in it. Even through yeah. all that, he's like, I have no pain. Mind you, that could be a bit of a pain tolerance threshold as well. But clearly, he either missed it or the thr that threshold of that trauma was not high enough to set off his mechanical nociceptors, <laughs> yeah. which is wild. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. absolutely. That's, that is wild. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I couldn't. Oh man, oh that's so traumatic. I don't know. Like, don't, uh. don't even ask me about how many times he's come home with fish hooks in his hands and oh, oh yeah. He's he's oh, done gosh. everything. So. <laughs> Maybe uh, he does just have a high pain tolerance. Oh, I think that too, but yeah. 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 Alrighty. Awesome. Anything you wanna like touch on to wrap up our our episode on pain and how how we feel it oh, what it does to us yeah. and how we we approach it approach it um I think we touched on anything but something actually um we did sort of uh talk about and it was a, a saying mm -hmm. that I had seen at another massage therapist yep. um clinic and it really spoke to me and you're actually because you're super DIY and handy are making up a beautiful um, piece of artwork for our clinic because mm -hmm. I think it really speaks to like how we approach yeah. um, the entirety of our treatments. Um, uh, it's a nice little mantra for us. So um, <laughs> the saying is, um, if you don't make time for your wellness, you will be forced to make time for your illness. It's um, so true. So it's so true. Um, and that in everything. So mm -hmm. when we did talk about pain and how you have to buy into it, part of that buying into it is making sure that you're keeping yourself in check and you're not mm -hmm. just accepting that pain, chronic pain or dysfunction and disability is just something you have to mm -hmm. live with. Um, it isn't. There are modifications. Um, there are things you can do for yourself. There are people who can help you um, outside of registered massage therapists. Mm -hmm. um, you just have to work. Yeah. for it you have yeah. you have to want it you have to work for it and it's a continual thing it's mm -hmm. not just a one-time deal um it's not something you do for a year and you're good for the rest of your life it's like a day in day out um thing you really have to want to have yeah and as a client and as a therapist approaching it from the the physical the psychological and the social like thinking of it in that broader grand scheme <clears throat> excuse me of things um you might find that you find the answer maybe quicker. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I like it. <laughs> Perfect. Well, before we sign out, we kind of wanted to add a new little segment that we're going to call RMT. That's R-M-T-E-A time. Mm -hmm. We both love mm -hmm. all things tea. <laughs> so each episode we, <laughs> we want do. to do take this time to do a little highlight of our tea of choice of recording. I'm pretty sure this is my fourth tea of the day. 
<laughs> not not all caffeinated, but um, so what are, what are you drinking over there, Nicole? I'm drinking a chai green tea by Harmony Organic Tea. It's actually my uh, husband's aunt who gave it to me. And it's nice. delightful. It's like a spicy chai green tea and it's lovely. Yeah. Ooh, it's really good. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. I mean, we'll see what time I end up getting to bed because it's actually quite <laughs> late for us right now recording yep. this. Um, but uh, that's all right. It's Friday night and we don't yep. have work on Monday. So why does that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <man. laughs> and what are you I'm, drinking, Heather? I'm drinking David's tea peppermint amour honestly it is my favorite evening tea mostly because they discontinued my actual favorite bedtime tea which was called big chill which was a peppermint a few different kinds of peppermint spearmint and uh valerian root but this one um comes in a in a close second and it's caffeine free so i'll be able to nice hit the hay pretty quick yeah I ain't. I'm gonna. I have like hundreds of loads of laundry to do somehow, even though I don't have any massage laundry at all. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how that yeah. child. That's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. For awesome. sure. I'm gonna. I was gonna say my um, clear example of my tea obsession <laughs> today. Uh, running out of tea and running out is a loose loose explanation of the, the term of yes. tea here that I actually went into the office and got all my tea that was at the office <laughs> yep so social like, distancing because you didn't actually go to the store but you nope. had to go get it that's how I had to get the tea from the office <laughs> that's awesome yeah that's awesome. so and if you know us and you come into our clinic we always have tea and you're yep. always welcome to ask for some bring yep. in your own mug and yep. we will gladly give you a cup. <laughs> All the reusable mugs. <laughs> mm-hmm, absolutely. Okay. So, well, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We look forward to rec- recording some more very soon. Please be sure to tune in on your favorite podcast streaming app and rate us where you can. I'd like to mention that the first one and this one will now be up on my YouTube channel, Heather Rivers RMT. So you're welcome to comment there. I might also on this one throw in maybe some some visuals on some of the topics we had covered. Um, If you have a topic Mm -hmm. you'd like us to cover though, please be sure to share it in the comments. Take care. (laughs) 